This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Ain't it great? We gate. That's my, uh, that's my like 1960s jazz guy. <laughs> I'm your host, Tim Petrop. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am here with my brother from another slightly northerner uh, Canadian mother, uh, Mr. Matt Ward himself. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Uh, yeah, actually, like not far north because I'm from the East Coast. So, yeah, my mom lives like a four hour drive away from New York. <laughs> we're not even that. We're, we're basically neighbors, except uh, we have different flags in our front yard. And then uh, we got, <laughs> and then yeah, I was gonna, I was about to introduce Michael. Like I'm, I'm just feeling the spirit of Michael's because Michael, it's his girlfriend's birthday today. That's why he's taking the day off. And I just want to give a shout out to Michael because this guy has been working his ass off for the company, um, doing his thing, and uh, we are producing content at an emphatic rate. And the reason, and one of the reasons is because Michael's such a workhorse. He's like a, he's like a, he's. He, 48 articles a month is no joke. They, yeah, you know what I mean? And that's that's no joke. And uh, you know, speaking of workhorses, workhorse right here, Mr. Psych Ward himself knows the knows the workhorses. We got workhorses here on the Brodo team. And where to find the content being made by these workhorses? Fantasy points. Fantasy points as in like good points. Get it? Haha. We got fantasy points. Haha. <laughs> what? Workhorses with fantasy points? Oh my God, this blew my own mind. All right. Uh, yeah, but we got... Fantasy points for you on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Definitely check that out. And also, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Guys, come on. Please, if you're listening, come on over. Support us. We know we know you want to. You're just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I promise your money goes to a good cause. Cause you help the machine go. And if you want to get more and more and more content, then we're going to need more free time. And in order to have more free time, we're going to need money. And uh, in order to make the app better, yeah, we're point. we're gonna need money. And so, in exchange for money, we offer services. Look at that capitalism. Um, when you come to the Patreon, you get a free waiver wire episode with the Thursday night preview. By the way, the Thursday night game going on right now as we record. Um, you get DFS optimizers. You get access to the Discord. You get so many extras, leagues with us, 
And so many extras in the off-season as well. The extras completely switch, and you get, like, it's like two extras for the price of one. Off-season extras and, and in-season extras. Go check it out, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. But today, we're talking about important stuff here, all right? Because it's week eight, and this is kind of like make or break right now, all right? Because if you're if you're 0-4, you got a chance. If you're 0-5, you got a chance. If you're 0-6, you got a chance. If you're 0-7, there's a way. You can win out and go 6-7. and seven. Right or do or I mean, did that change? You can't now? be playing less games than everybody else, so I don't know how you're zero and five, but I know what you mean. If you're four and five, if yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. I get what you mean. <laughs> no, I mean if you were, that's what I meant. If you were zero and five, oh, okay. uh, if you were zero and six, because now it's getting to the point where if you're zero and eight, you're uh, gonna you're gonna be digging yourself in quite a hole. So we need to get you win number one, or we need to get you win number two, three, four, five, six, whatever win you need. This is a make or break week. This is a week that separates people, especially because there are two giant, large, um, some would say extravagant bye week teams. Because uh, this is not like there's only two teams, but there's a lot of fantasy implications on these two teams, the Chiefs and Chargers. So with the Chiefs and Chargers on bye, uh, we're going to need to uh, supply. Some some gems. Like, man, I'm, I'm spitting bars today, Matt. The, the <laughs> bars are just coming. Uh, all right. So, as you know, Donnie H., now that we have this new format, joins us not only on Mondays, but also on, on Thursdays, too. So, not only is it not a Monday without Donnie H., I mean, come on. Two Donnie H.'s for the price of one? Are you kidding me over here? Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oh, baby. All right, so let's get into the big news that broke in, in between us having our latest podcast before I get into the, like, the chronological news. Kadarius Tony traded to the... Um, traded to the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was traded for a third-round pick. That's right. A third-round pick. And a six-round pick. So he not only gets one third-round pick, which is, would be incredible compensation for Kadarius Tony, they get two picks. So well done by Giants Brass, who continue to be um, impressive in terms of that. Uh, but I'd like the move for Kansas City as well. I feel like if Kadarius Tony could stay healthy, and so far in his career, it's a big if, but if he can stay healthy, he possesses a lot of raw talent, and uh, no one cultivates raw talent quite like Andy Reid. So... Matt, what's your you you're the dynasty guy. So this in redraft, I feel like is is a little strange because you have a situation where yes, he's going to be on a valuable offense, but he's going to be one of four parts where you don't really know where it's going. Uh, that could change very very quickly even as as soon as next season. So in dynasty, what kind of bump, I assume bump, what kind of bump are we seeing in Kadarius Tony's value? Yeah, I mean, any sort of perceived increase in value should probably be attacked um, with a trade opportunity. I, I think managers should be looking to sell Kadarius Tony with this news. Um, not necessarily that he's not somebody that can produce, but I think with the amount of historic evidence that we have from players that don't do so well in their first season and then are in a position where they can't make the field in their second season, it's just not great. Like, he's lowering his hit rate game after game after game after game. Um, and a crowded offense like that isn't going to lead to a 25% plus target share. It's not going to lead to a thousand, you know, or a pace of a thousand yard season had he played there all season like that. That's just not going to happen this year. Um, next year, moving forward in, 
and beyond. Yeah, he is on a rookie contract and Kansas City may look to build around him a little bit. I'm sure they're going to look to see what they have and definitely put him on the field more than the Giants have. Um, but I'm not interested in necessarily holding on to a volatile asset like that if I can get a second round pick in Dynasty um, at that perceived value bump. Interesting. Uh, it, yeah, from the from the dynasty. Uh, cool. I like it. This this man's the dynasty master, and I will say this: never misses. It's insane. I wouldn't say never, but like this guy's shooting a th- I, like nine fifty. It's ridiculous. There's uh, someone that we're gonna talk about later that I definitely missed on, but I'm happy about. Well, yeah, that you I got know, him no now. one's perfect. Nine fifty. We'll say with nine fifty. <laughs> I might be might be exaggerating, but you know what? I'm, I'm a salesman. Might be a little. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, Alan Lazard remains sidelined for Thursday's practice. Uh, he said that he's. Probably not going to play. Oh, that's bad news for uh, a, a Green Bay team that's already not playing in a great matchup in, in Buffalo. Uh, Alan Lazard has been as steady as steady comes for people who have him in fantasy. Uh, is this an uh, is this an opportunity to pivot to another guy, or how are you feeling about this? I mean, I guess kind of Romeo Dubs because they're going to have to pass so much, but he didn't catch a single one of his targets last game, so. Um, that wasn't encouraging. That, that's really the only guy on the offense that I'm looking towards. Aaron Jones. I mean, look at what Aaron Jones did as the top receiver last game. So yeah. I, I guess, you know, he gets a continued bump and AJ Dillon only played 27% of the snaps. So th- that's the biggest increase. That's the pivot, but you already have him <laughs> and, you know, or somebody else does. So I, I guess Romeo Dubs get, gets a little bit of increase there because like I said, they're going to have to throw the ball. Buffalo will put up points in that Green Bay defense. Crazier things have happened than Aaron Rodgers pulling an upset, but I got to tell you, I will be completely shocked to my very core if the Packers win this week. I I have no doubt about the yeah. the Bills uh, this week on two weeks to face this Packers team that looks like they don't know their ass from their elbow, as my mom used to say. Um, Jahan Dotson not going to play in week eight. I uh, probably could have known that. Chase Young on the way back. Uh, that's good news. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mike LaFleur said the Jets are going to use the hot hand when asked about the running back rotation. Uh, for this week, because I don't think James Robinson, because James Robinson is an interesting one this week, so is Michael Carter. For this week, James Robinson is going to get a full week of practice in. Do you think James Robinson kind of takes, I don't want to say the Brees Hall amount of snaps, but maybe like Brees Hall week four amount of snaps, uh, and Michael, where Michael Carter was really the lead back, but Brees Hall was you know, 45% of snaps. Do you think there's a chance that Ty Johnson works in? How do you think the Jets work it this week? A little bit of all of that. Yeah, I think it's a committee. I don't think they're going to ask Robinson to do too much. It's probably just between the tackles, short yardage stuff, uh, really easy if there's a hole run through it. And that's probably what his role is going to be the entire season, but potentially an increase in snaps as the season goes on. Maybe not in his first game is all I'm saying. Michael Carter, to me, is more interesting because he knows the offense. He started the season with a higher snap share. Um, and obviously, you know, Breeze took over that role pretty easily. But he was immediately who they leaned on after Breeze went out. Um, it was a little bit more of a committee, like you said, up until about week four. So Michael Carter probably has the biggest increase in relevance as, you know, J-Rob was losing his job to ETN in Jacksonville and now gets a, a new piece of scenery. But I don't really love either one of them for this week and probably going to be tough to navigate that usage share moving forward. It's going to be interesting because if I'm the Patriots and we've mentioned on the show before, you know, I, 
you know, I'm a Jet fan. I've watched the Patriots very closely in my life, and I can tell you the strength of Bill Belichick lies in his ability to shut down the other team's uh, strength. So you're going to imagine that the Patriots are going to hone in on not only the the run game, but the short passing game. Dare, dare Zach Wilson with some one-on-ones. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out because I don't think there's a lot of success in, in tow for the running backs. But if some sort – there is a possibility that Zach Wilson does play well and you have um, – We'll talk a little bit about Mr. Elijah Moore uh, a little later in the program, and also Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson with Corey Davis out uh, are, are interesting like DFS plays. I feel like where they won't be highly rostered, but if there's some if something happens where Zach Wilson takes this step uh, that you know we've seen flashes of in the past, uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Did not practice on Thursday. That is good news for Devontae Foreman. Here is the big news. Oof. Jamar Chase is going to be out at least four to six weeks. Some some reports say four to six weeks. Other reports say indefinitely. Uh, he has a hip issue. He was balling. This is a mammoth blow. If you thought that Brees Hall was a right hook to the chin, well, Jamar Chase is an uppercut uh, right after that. Uh Man, Jamar Chase is was on a roll. This opens up a lot for not for Matt's guy, Matt's hat hanger this year, T. Higgins. Obviously opens up a lot for him. And also Tyler Boyd. And I think Mike Thomas is an interesting play in a deeper league. I, I'm in a 16-man dynasty, and I added Mike Thomas. I feel like that's something. But that's also like if someone gets four and a half, four, like averages four and a half targets a game, that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start him in my second flex. Um, but... How are you feeling about this Bengals team? How do you think they respond, and and what's your fantasy reaction to this? I mean, you kind of just took all the words that I would have said right out of my mouth, and that's exactly it. It's an unfortunate bump to my hat hanger, T. Higgins, um, who was kind of trending down a, a little bit over the past few weeks, which made him you know, an obvious buy candidate for me in all formats. The one name that you didn't mention that I think gets a significant bump is a guy that's been earning like a near elite target share in the first place, and that's Hayden Hurst. Mm. Um, I, I do think he gets a little bit more of a bump in the passing game, which was already serviceable tight end one numbers. So he's somebody that if people aren't really um, reacting to him. I mean, kind of like you just didn't. <laughs> um, he's somebody that you might be able to snag for real, real cheap that could pay off for the rest of the season. Uh, other than that, man, it's just a massive, massive disappointment. So I have Jamar Chase in my Scott Fishbowl team, and I also have Hayden Hurst. So what you're saying is I could expect Jamar Chase numbers from Hayden Hurst. Am I getting the match? No. <laughs> so that's, so no. that's what you're saying, though, but, Matt, right? But I do think – I do think <laughs> – a lot of red zone work is going to have to be taken care of. And obviously T getting doubled and, but inside of the 20 isn't necessarily the most conducive thing for wide receiver um, touchdowns short. So, but tight ends getting open in that space. We all know how that works. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, did not practice on Thursday. We'll be talking more about the Cowboys backfield in a little bit. Nico Collins also did not practice on Thursday. Russell Wilson. This is an interesting one. Um, Russell Wilson looks like he's going to play. Um, practice on Thursday. Uh, was doing warm-ups in the plane. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about this story? Yeah, doing high jumping and high knees on the plane ride. Yeah. 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 Bro, I feel like Russell Wilson is like he... Do you know that? Remember that Jim Carrey movie where he's he's being watched by everyone? What was the name of that movie again? Truman Show. The Truman Show. He's like the opposite of The Truman Show. He's like the inverse, like the because he he I think he thinks he's in the Truman Show and no one and he's actually not in the Truman Show. 
as opposed to <laughs> Truman, who thought he was in the real world and didn't know he was on a show. I think it's the opposite way around. I think he thinks that everyone's looking at him and, like, I don't know, he's, like, so disconnected from reality. But anyway, he's going to be back and playing quarterback. Uh, so um, that's good, I guess. Uh, definitely better than – I don't know. I don't, yeah, no, definitely well, better it's better than, than Brett Ripien. Right, yeah. definitely better. Definitely better. Um, Daryl Henderson did not practice on Wednesday, but he had an illness. So that's a good uh, sign. Man, yo, Ryan Tannehill was on his way to that game that I guaranteed. And I, I looked stupid because Ryan Tannehill did not have a good game. But if you noticed, he stopped he stopped handling the ball when he hurt his ankle. And he didn't practice yesterday because he hurt his ankle. Uh, so, so be aware of that with Ryan Tannehill if you're depending on Ryan Tannehill. But he, mm, he was on the way. He was on the way. The injury took that away. All right, just just putting that out there. Uh, any other news you think I missed, Matt, or do you think we're good? I think he covered most of it. I, I I don't have anything else in my notes. You always go a little deeper on the news than me, so. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm the I'm the news guy. That's what that's what that's how we're doing it, I guess. All right, let's get into the first tear breaker up. I told you that we we're gonna talk about the Cowboys backfield, and let's get right into it. My first tear breaker up is Tony Pollard versus the Chicago Bears. Now Zeke is expected to miss the game. But even if he does not miss the game, I still like Tony Pollard as a play in this game. Uh, last week was the first time Pollard outsnapped Zeke. That's right, you heard it here. Tony Pollard outsnapped Zeke and nearly matched him in touches. He only had one less opportunity than Zeke. The way it plays out, according to the usage app on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Oh, they got usage on there? Yeah. They got usage on there. Tony Pollard, snap percentage 65% to Zeke's 49%, uh, rush percentage 44%, and target percentage 8% to no targets for Ezekiel Elliott. The Bears are allowing uh, the they are the ninth best uh, matchup according to true defensive ranking. That is uh, points over average. Uh, They're particularly susceptible to the run. On the ground, they are they give up almost 40% more points than the average to the run on the ground. And Tony Pollard has been spectacular. He's been good in the air, but he's been spectacular on the ground. He's been 5.6 yards per carry, and that's not a that's not a typo. This has been a a trend throughout the last three seasons when Tony Pollard plays. He chunks off more than five yards of carry every single time. In terms of points per opportunities, excluding touchdowns, because Zeke is the goal linebacker, he's 15th in the NFL. He has the fifth most big plays of any running back. He is prepared to take advantage of this situation. He's prepared. He's prepared to do it now. And you and look, when you've been doing this for a long time, you start to get wins. You start to get feelings. Like You start to see trends. And there is a trend that suggests even if – Ezekiel Elliott plays that the Cowboys are going to hand the ball to Tony Pollard more often. Like there's trends pointing in that direction. I'd say if you had to be a betting man today and you say who has more carries in the game, Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott, I think the smart money is on Tony Pollard right now. So even if Zeke plays, I think Tony Pollard against a Chicago team that has been extremely susceptible to the run and very good elsewhere, so they're going to run, I think that I think that Chicago uh, is a great matchup, and I think Tony Pollard is a great play. So, with that being said, my first tier breaker up is Tony Pollard. How do you feel about that, sir? Mr. Matt, sir. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. It's worth noting, too, that uh, Tony Pollard has started two games in his career, and 100% of those games have finished in an RB1 overall performance. 
Matt also wanted Tony Pollard for his tear breaker up, and I had already <laughs> and I had already gotten notes. And Matt you was, covered you covered pretty much all my notes, Matt, but then I wanted to add that one. That's why I asked you. Like I wanted to get like I know Matt has something to add to that. I know I know he does, because uh, you know that's you're, you're you're Matt. You always got something to add, bro. That's that's why that's why we love you. All right, let's get into your first tear breaker up. Who's the guy? Well, stay in the NFC East for this one. My first tear breaker up is Devontae Smith. Devontae is averaging 14.1 points per game. That's wide receiver 21 in PPR, but he's ranked outside of the top 24 options this week and on a week to week, like literally every week. I don't understand what's going on with his ECR and his projected um, points on the sleeper app, but he's posted two top 12 games this season. Uh, That includes one as the wide receiver one overall uh, 30.2 point per game. He's fallen below wide receiver 24 just once since his uh, outlier goose egg performance in week one. So, like, I mean, nothing about this rank. I I swear, like, this ranking is just a bunch of anchoring bias from his, you know, the tired old sentiments that he's too small and can't take hits and isn't an alpha target earner, but he's never missed a game in his career and is in the top 20 players in the NFL in target share despite playing alongside another top top 20% target share earner in A.J. Brown. Um Smith has a 24.9% target share, which is up 2.8% from his rookie season. And this week he gets an exploitable fantasy-friendly matchup in the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Battle of Pennsylvania. Uh, The Steelers' defense is a top-10 matchup for fantasy wideouts. They rank ninth in Brodo Fantasy's true matchup rank. They allow 34.4 points per game, which is 13.6% over the expected average. It's not a gigantic jump, but any jump in uh, 14.1 point-per-game average is pretty decent for, you know, top-end wide receiver two territory and breaking into that wide receiver one territory. The Steelers concede 275.4 passing yards per game, which is 29th in the league, and 23.1 points per game, which is 22nd. I mean... kind of said it already but i think smith has top 15 upside in this matchup and he's out targeted aj brown on multiple occasions this season it's not like it's just always the aj brown show sometimes it's the Devonte smith show and i think this is kind of one of those games i like it what i don't like is what i just saw we were watching as you, as you know we're watching the game is currently 10-3 in the second quarter and mark andrews just walked into the tunnel with his helmet in his hand it says shoulder questionable to return. Uh oh. Uh oh. This was uh, he wasn't supposed. He was, he hasn't been practicing because of this injury. Uh, not good. Not good. All right. Let's get into my second tier breaker up. Yo, Matt. There is not a single person in the NFL that has been more underrated and disrespected than the man that's about to tear up this week, and that is Raheem Mostert. First of all, my guy Raheem Mostert. Not who I expected you to say. (laughs) Bro, Raheem Mostert has been uh, low-key a superstar in this league every single time he gets the ball for years now. He was underdrafted. Then when he finally got his opportunity, his coaching staff did everything they could to get them out of that opportunity, and he won that opportunity regardless. Then when he succeeded in that opportunity, everyone said, oh, it's because the system is so good. That's why he succeeded. And then no one respected him. And then they went. he went to Miami and where Chase Edmonds couldn't do shit. Now Raheem Mostert is killing it in his place. Raheem Same Mostert, system. Oh, fine. Whatever. Fine. He's still, <laughs> Just he's saying. Still, he's still killing it. Uh that is he still killing it? All right, look, that same Gax, system Gax. just traded for Christian McCaffrey. All right, to replace Raheem Mostert's production. All right, not the other way around. And 
the Lions are a phenomenal matchup. They are the number one ranked matchup in points over average in true um, defensive rankings. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, true matchup rankings. I got, I, you know, I, I mess up the names of our stats more than anything. Uh, true defensive. Uh, True matchup ranking, uh, defensive points over average. They give up 26.8 points per game. That is first. They give up they give up 60% nearly more rushing yards on the ground than the average of the players that they have faced. That is an incredible matchup, and Raheem Mostert has been taking advantage of everything uh, that he has been given. Uh, he is, if you didn't know, he's already taken over the backfield. This has happened, but last week it was a clear runaway. Uh, 71% of the tar- uh, I'm sorry, 71% of the snaps, he got 70% of the runs and five targets. Oh, you thought Raheem Mostert couldn't catch the ball. five targets. If that continues, then we're talking about something very very good because since he has kind of taken over, he kind of he kind of weaved his way in in week four, finished as RB29. But since then, he's had two finishes inside of the top 15 running backs, including week uh, RB7 overall last week. And he gets, again, like I said, an incredible matchup against the Lions. Raheem Mostert is an incredible player. He, look, Chase Edmonds was one of my fades in the offseason. I did not understand why the, the fantasy community's consensus was so put around this fourth round running back and shout out to bean counter uh he did this study about fourth round running backs and fourth round and beyond running backs panning out and literally chase edmonds is the best player on the list and so he's the outlier And when you have that like and you have raheem moser that's in a system this was inevitable and it's happened if you have raheem Mostert, congratulations you have yourself a high-end rb2 floor RB1, high-end RB1 ceiling. And this is one of those games where I think high-end RB1 is in the range of outcomes. So Raheem Mostert is my second uh, tier breaker up. I like it. The, uh, Matt, who is your second tier breaker up? Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Vanilla Vic, a.k.a. the discount Konami King. Vanilla <laughs> Vic is, is fire. <laughs> Vanilla Vic is fire. Uh, did you make that up yourself? He's putting up a... No, I oh, stole that from damn, Twitter. <laughs> damn. I can't. I can't take the credit. But Elvig is fine. I can't take the credit. There you go. Ahead. Uh, he's he, that's been a long-lasting nickname for uh, Danny Jones in the dynasty community. But man, he th- this kid's putting up a quietly impressive season that everybody seems to be ignoring. He's QB nine in points per game, averaging seventeen point three per contest, uh, upholding his low volume passing metrics with a top tier rushing floor, uh, and I mean like top tier, top tier. Jones ranks third overall amongst quarterbacks in rushing yards and rushing yards per game, and he's not turning the ball over. Not not costing fantasy managers or his team the chance at victory like he used to. He only has two interceptions this season. And he obviously the most important part is he's executing Brian Dayball's game plan, leading the Giants to a six and one record perfectly. I mean, he's he's taking care of the ball and he's running the ball down people's throats when they give him open lanes. He's ranked outside of the top 15 quarterbacks every single week. And week eight, he's ranked QB 16 in ECR. He has a matchup against a porous Seahawks secondary on the docket who are allowing 23.2 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. A true matchup rank a third overall to the position. They concede 45.2% over the average um, with 7.8s going to rushing production alone, which is 278.6% over average. I mean, okay, so Danny Jones is averaging 59 and a half rushing yards over his last five contests with only one game in that span below 35 yards. A 278% increase of 59. Like he's staring down another, you know, 85, 75 yard rushing floor. And 
when Jones puts up those numbers and isn't turning the ball over, he's in the high end QB two range and has QB one potential. Like he's only had three games over um, or in the actual top 12 this season. And he's, you know, QB 16, QB 18 and a QB 28 performance outside of that. But in all of those games, He's had one consistent thing, and that's his rushing floor. And he's always kind of had that when he's healthy. So now in a great matchup, like I'm breaking the tier for Daniel Jones this weekend. I'm I'm putting him inside of the top 12 players at the position, and I think he's going to have back-to-back QB1 performances. It's hard to, to vote against that uh, right now, the way he's going. Like Daniel Jones is everything you want Kyler Murray to be. Except, yeah, I mean, without like, yes, the passing production is, you know, not incredible, but He's he has more rushing yards than Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Najee Harris, and the list goes on for a bunch of other RB ones. Like, which is something that I brought up on the other podcast. But it's he is what the Konami code means. It means that you don't have to have phenomenal passing production to put up QB one numbers because his rushing production is so elite this season. Facts only. All right. Uh, so those are our tear breaker ups. The guy that we the guys that we think are going to break through their tier ceiling who's going into the tier basement this is the tier breakers down the opposite the guy that we think is uh going to have a little bit of a down week based on matchup or whatever we think is is the case so i started the last one matt so why don't you start this one who's your first tier breaker down perfect i'll just flip to the opposite side of the football and talk about geno smith um Gino, he's had a phenomenal season on the whole, honestly. Against all odds, the journeyman has exceeded every single expectation, even though they were low, but he's exceeded them by leaps and bounds. Uh, he's leading the Seahawks to a 4-3 and three record, which sits atop the NFC West. Uh, incredible. Um, however, like the last two games have not mirrored his hot start from a fantasy perspective, even though he you know beat the Chargers, but he put up 12.7 points against the Cardinals in Week 6, which was QB 19, and then 14.1 against the Chargers in Week 7, which was QB 15. And those are two very good defenses. The Giants have a very good defense. He gets a really difficult matchup um, against the 6-1 and one Giants. The Giants allow 15.3 points per game to opposing quarterbacks, which sits right around the middle, ranked 15th in true matchup ranks, but they're 21st toughest matchup against passing production, allowing just 12 points per game. So, And Smith had a little bit of, you know, a nice rushing floor when he was putting up those QB numbers. But part of the reason why he fell outside of the top 16 options in those two games is that he didn't have any rushing attempts. Um, so without that in a team that stuffs passing production very well, has solid secondary, a good pass rush. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is defensive rookie of the year right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sauce Gardner. I know he actually is, but I, mm-hmm. how much I love KT is just cannot be exaggerated. It's sauce, but, <laughs> um, KT's playing better than, you know, Trayvon Walker, better than Aiden Hutchinson. He caused the game-winning strip sack against Lamar Jackson. Like, the kid is a freaking beast. And he's certainly going to tear through that Seattle Seahawks line who just lost their best offensive lineman. He's been an animal. Yeah. I I feel pretty good about the Giants being able to get in Geno's face, uh, make him throw under pressure. He doesn't have his top wide receiver option. I mean, DK Metcalf is truly a game-time decision questionable. Tyler Lockett is also trending towards playing, but has only started his first practice this week, and it was a li- or um, today, Thursday. His first practice this week was a limited one in fashion, so he has one more essentially to get in um, in full before he will be anything more than a questionable decision for the game. And I, I know that Smith's proven he's a viable starter against any matchup but i'm not expecting qb1 numbers and that's what he's ranked as so i'm breaking him down and expecting another mid-range qb2 performance against a really tough giants defense and two teams that are probably just going to run the ball down each other's throats yeah 
Uh, that Giants defense, Thibodeau has made a real, real difference, man. You could see it on the field, like a hundred percent. Yeah, you know he's he's making a real difference on that line, which you know, in Leonard, a Dude, guy, a when guy he like chased down. Sorry, but oh when he chased down Travis Etienne on that sixty-one yard run, like he chased down Travis Etienne. Kayvon yeah. Thibodeau's six three and two seventy. Yeah, <laughs> like it's such a big. And he, key. he just ran that kid down. Such a big key too, because you, it makes guys like Leonard Williams. Like now, Leonard Williams is really valuable because as a as number two pass rusher, he's a, he's elite. He's, it's like when you move a uh, a number a number like a number one wide receiver on a bad team to a number two uh, wide receiver, and all of a sudden they thrive because they don't have that pressure. I feel like that's uh, that's what's going on there. Anyway, feeling about thriving under pressure. The guy that I'm about to tell you, don't get it confused and say like I'm telling you to sit him. This is just a tear breaker down. Uh, Calm, push the brakes on those expectations because the impressive rookie that might be uh, that might be on the leaderboard for rookie of the year now that Brees Hall has gone down, uh, Damian Pierce of the Texans. I think he's my tearbreaker down this week. Now I'm not telling you not to play him because he gets insane volume, so that would be incredibly stupid. Uh, but he's getting a matchup against a Tennessee Titans team that has been extremely tough against the the running back. Uh, they are the 25th best matchup uh, according to uh, match, true matchup ranking. Uh, they allow about 15% under the average against the rushing uh, running back. That's 10.7 points allowed per game uh, rushing. And I just think that this game script is going to be a negative game script for the Texans. Quietly, the Texans have, like, lost their way. And really quietly, the Titans are on this winning streak. And they're and they're kind of going back up in the division. Like, this kind of always happens uh, with this team. And they're getting healthy. And Mr. King Henrys, who I know you're going to talk about, Matt, so I won't... Um, I won't get into that, but <laughs> I think he, he traditionally feasts against the division. I know I feel like he's going to feast in this game as well, and it could Facts. be a really negative game script for uh, the, the Texans that won't allow them to just turn around and hand the ball to Damian Pierce over and over and over again. Um, also, I think it's important to note that uh, coming out of the bye last week, the Texans kind of worked Daria Agumbawale into the mix uh, in the passing down work. Now, Damian Pierce was getting sprinkled with some passing down work. But last week, he only paid 52% of the snaps. Now, he got 87% of the rushes, and he rushed the ball 20 times. <laughs> like, insane. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about it. Don't get me wrong. But there is something to be said about the fact that Dare is the uh, pass-catching back. Burkhead has worked as the pass-catching back. So now you have these two guys that are here that they're going to split the backfield in what could be a negative game script that could call for those third-down backs in a, in a, you know, a hurry-up kind of situation. So... Because of that, uh, I don't usually like to make my predictions on game script, but I th I don't think there's much. I think the Bills beating down on the Packers and the Titans beating down on the Texans are pretty good bets uh, this week. Yeah, I agree with you. So no, I totally yeah, I'm going with, with that. I have Pierce outside of my top twelve, so that's a tearbreaker down because he's ranked inside of everybody's top like five every week now. Yeah, I have him as my RB fifteen. Like I'm not telling you not to play him. Name. You know what I mean? So Same like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Don't play him. You know, but just like, you know, one hundred percent temper those expectations. expectations. Yeah, because he's gonna get yep. twenty. He's they're probably gonna run even when they're down fourteen. They're just not gonna be able to run as much. All right, um, uh, Matt, who's your second tier breaker now? And not as effectively. It's a it's a tough defense. Sorry. Oh yeah, my tier breaker down. <laughs> um, you know, it's I, I don't know somebody had eyes for me 
the way that Taylor Heineke has eyes for Terry McLaurin. Facts. Big, big <laughs> Unfortunately, facts. Like that this. leaves Curtis Samuel as the third wheel in a love triangle that he's being slowly squeezed out of probably for the next six weeks until Carson Wentz comes back and has a four yard a dot that allows Curtis Samuel to eat 11 targets a game and 45 yards and touchdown. Samuel's kind of been had a nice start of the season. Good first three weeks, a little inconsistent sense, uh, 12.8 points per game, then 2.6 and then 12.4 and then 2.4. So definitely not really what you want in a guy that you can start every week. Um, and his snap percentage has always been kind of meandering and middling, uh, 77% last week. He did have the same amount of targets as, uh, Terry McLaurin, but he was an intermediate and short yardage threat only. Terry was, the guy that they went to when they needed that big first down, he was the guy that they went to in the end zone. Antonio Gibson started getting a little bit of passing work because we know Brian Robinson can't catch passes. And if he's going to be out there as their lead back, they need somebody to come in and, and create changes of pace. And I, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, Gibson is just a change of pace back. I mean, like literally somebody's going to have to come in there and get eight yards per carry because Brian Robinson can't do it and be a pass catcher because Brian Robinson can't do it. So, that kind of makes me feel like Curtis Samuel is and has been, and he was a regression candidate for me in the true value report that we do weekly um, because of his ridiculously low true air yards and true a dot and how his target share was kind of supporting um, his production, even though his true target value was ridiculously low. And again, with Heineke under center and with the way that that offense has been looking lately, um, and looked in the last game, I guess we do only have the one game sample size, but we've seen it with Heineke before is it's the Terry McLaurin show. Heineke likes to air that thing out. Uh, Carson Wentz is more of a safer quarterback. He wants the easy yards and, and to pick up first downs. Heineke will take shots. He'll take chances. We saw a couple bad interceptions, but those shots and those chances are what opened up some great games and some great seasons for Terry McLaurin, which we haven't really gotten throughout the first eight weeks. So Curtis Samuel being in that system as now the number three, maybe even as the, uh, you know, number three pass catcher with Taylor Heineke at the quarterback, just not somebody that I'm trusting in my lineups for wide receiver two numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they, they, he has an affinity for Terry McLaurin. I think that is clear. They have a, they have a chemistry. Um, maybe Terry McLaurin is the new Curtis Samuel for the next six weeks. And then they, they switch back. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great narrative for sure. Because if you look at the splits, that seems like what's happening. The offense did the, ex like, it is the exact same splits. They just have separate roles now. Like now it's just Terry McLaurin's doing all of the things that they asked you in terms of usage, snap percentage and things, routes run and things like that, where he was falling behind Curtis Samuel a little bit. And now it's just the Terry McLaurin show. Look, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but my second tier down, I talked about him as a stock down in the last episode along with his entire offense. So I'm going to focus in on him a little bit in a, in a, in a way. So what I'm going to do here, Matt, is I am going to give you my basically my tight end rankings. And I want you, I'm not going to say Kyle Pitts, but I want you to say who you'd start Kyle Pitts over on this list. Okay. All right? So I'm not going to tell you where Kyle yep. Pitts is, and we'll see, we'll see how you're feeling about it because – Kyle Pitts obviously is is the guy at this I point. I like this I'm, game. Yeah, so let's let's see. All right, so George Kittle. Keep no, I'll start Kittle. Kittle, Ertz, 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 Goddard, Goddard, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, Tyler Higby, Higby, <laughs> Taysom Hill, Pitts. Really, over Taysom Hill? Yep. Okay, I yep. start Taysom Hill. Pat Fryermuth. 
Frymouth. That would be easy. Mike Kosicki. I kind of like Kosicki's matchup against Detroit. So, yeah, Kosicki, he's my sleeper of the week. <laughs> Irv Smith Jr. That's where I'll draw the line. Hayden Hurst. I'd start Pitts over Irv still. Yeah, I'm going to start Hayden Hurst. Greg Dulcich. I'm going to start Dulcich. Kate Auden. Pitts. Dalton Schultz. Pitts. Logan Thomas, if healthy. Mm, Pitts. Okay, so that's where you're drawing the line around. I'm a gambling man. So you got I got Pitts right after Dalton Schultz. So like I'm I got Pitts as as tight end 15 this week, and I'm not even confident well, that he's in tight end 15 range. Like I think I had him uh, 13, so it pretty much plays out. There were two guys that you had ahead. That exactly. I so. I mean, that's how we're feeling about Kyle Pitts. Both of us had him outside of the top 12. Outside the tight end one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could have gotten there a lot sooner, but yeah, that's a fact. You know what? It wouldn't have been as interesting. So it's the journey. <laughs> it's it's, the, fun either, it's yeah. the journey, Matt, all right? Not the destination. All right. Speaking of the journey, let's get into the game. Oh, no, no. You have your second tier down. My bad. You know, you went. I'm, I'm yeah. bugging. Nope. I, I'm bugging. All right. Let's get into covered. our our um, matchup of the week. I'm going to go with storylines for my matchup of the week. Because there's lots of storylines in the 49ers at Rams uh, going down this week. And that's the game that I'm trying to see. Um, first of all, it's in division. So you know it's going to be a slabanaka, as the good old JR used to say. CMC's first real game with the team. How is he going to use? How is he going to be used? How is he going to be deployed? How effective is he going to be against a Rams team that has absolutely shut down running backs this year? Um, the Rams are coming off a bye. How does that affect their offense. Last time we saw them, we saw their left tackle go down. And that had a big effect on the offense because what happened was Tyler Higby, even though he was on the field, ran less routes because he was helping block. What did that do? That opened up some opportunity for Allen Robinson, someone that we're going to be that I'm going to be talking about later. So Allen Robinson, um, how is he going to be used? Tyler Higby, how is he going to be used? How is Daryl Henderson performed? This is uh, this is a backfield where they're talking about Kareem Hunt trades. They're talking about a- acquiring a, a running back. Daryl Henderson has the floor here. What does he do with it? Uh, Debo has a hamstring injury. How bad is it? Is he going to play? I want to see. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, both of them had good good games. Brandon Ayuk, a good game t- two weeks in a row. So does that continue against a very stout defense? Do they continue that upward trend? The Rams also, by the way, are underdogs at home in this game. Kind of disrespectful for the defending champs after a slow start, especially because the 49ers are below them in the standings. But the 49ers defense is getting healthy again. Lots to love about this game. I can't wait to watch this game. I'm all about it. Rams at 49. 49ers at Rams. Matt. Battle of California. Who is your uh what what's your game that you're looking forward to here? Uh Dolphins at the Lions. Oh yeah. Uh, the Dolphins I mean, they surprisingly have the highest projected over. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be so surprising because both those defenses allow so many points, but they have the highest over underscoring total of the week eight slate at 51 and a half, which I know is kind of a, a Mike cop out that he likes to do. But I also just there's so many options. And from a dynasty manager perspective that you you do play in deep leagues and there's kind of, you know, the underrated options and and some overlooked options. And sometimes you, you play DFS style lineups with random stacks and stuff. And 
The Dolphins are four-point favorites against the league's worst defense, but they have an exploitable defense themselves. It creates a recipe for a potential shootout. Uh, Dolphins defense allow 372.3 scrimmage yards per game and 23.6 points per game, both ranked in the bottom 10, where the Lions are dead last in yards and points allowed with 422 scrimmage yards and 32.3 points per game. And, I mean, they were... um, supplementing that with some pretty phenomenal offense but have not scored a touchdown in the last two games uh which i obviously expect to change in a rapid fashion and and just look at the offenses look at you know you have a amon ross st brown battling an injury but reportedly healthy enough to play you have a tj hawkinson josh reynolds blowing up this season jared goff ranked in the top 15 QBs still, even after two disappointing games because he was so hot to start the season. Jamal Williams putting up an RB1 season. DeAndre Swift might play, who's, you know, that's going to be just an exciting thing to see him on the field and how those touches shake out evenly. And because Jamal was holding RB1 production before Swift ever got hurt when they were sharing the field together. And then obviously also practice the last two days, uh, Swift. So Swift looking like on, on pace to play. Exactly, exactly. And and then obviously on the other side, Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, who I'm not going to get into because you were talking about. And then the trade narrative that's surrounding Mike Gusecki, who they've been allowing him in the past two games to see season high snaps and targets in the past two games. Obviously, one of those led to a two touchdown performance of six catches, 68 yards. Um why couldn't it have been 69 Mike come on but you know they're they're showcasing him to try to say look like who needs a tight end and teams are calling so I expect that trend to continue as well and Mike Kosecki to be a part of the offense against a defense that again allows the most amount of yards to every position yeah yeah I I could I couldn't agree more I can't wait to watch that game Matt actually you know he he put he put the list out first, as I've said, and he he took that game from me too. But <laughs> but we could Pull share. The mic there. All right, uh, mic. let's get into the grand slam ah, smash of the week. That listen that that was supposed to be a a ball and a bat. It sounded more like I was opening up a sprite can or like a can of soda and taking a sip. <laughs> Yo, my son does the cutest thing, bro. I just gotta tell you, he every time he's done taking a sip of water, he goes, ah. Yo, it's adorable. Like it, it's absolutely <laughs> adorable. All right, let's get into uh, the Grand Slam Smash of the Week. I got a Grand Slam Smash that may not seem like a usual candidate for a Grand Slam Smash because he didn't even play in the NFL last year. But guess what, NFL? Get used to it because my man is tearing it up, and that is Chris Olave against the Raiders. He is my Ooh. first Grand Slam Me Smash like. Of the week, the Raiders are a great matchup. First of all, they are seventh, uh, the seventh best matchup according to True Matchup Ranking. They give up almost twenty percent more points to the uh, wide receiver, and Chris Olave is an absolute target machine animal. Absolute target machine animal. That is like in one word. It's it's Chris absolute target machine animal Olave. Last week he was up to. 28.6% of targets on the team. And if you look at all season, despite the fact that he missed a game, as Matt loves to point out as well, he has 70% of the snaps on the team. And that leads the team, even though he missed a game. He has 25% of the targets, 26% of the targets, even though he missed a game. Just to give you an idea of what that is, the next two people in terms of target percentage on the team are Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, and they're old and they're not going to play. 
So it's going. To, so <laughs> Michael it, Thomas hasn't practiced in like six weeks. Yeah. Again, they just this is this is par for the course for them. I hope they get you know as men. I hope they get well soon. But as fantasy players, you know, it's probably time to kick them to the curb or at least like uh, you know consider it. With that being said, nah, you don't kick Michael Thomas to the curb. Kid Jarvis Landry. I'm not talking about Michael Thomas. Uh, but anyway, uh, with that being said, Chris Olave is going to have this whole thing to himself, and the Raiders secondary has been extremely beatable. They are first in matchup ranking, uh, a, a true matchup ranking against the quarterback, which we're going to get to later in the program, Andrew Dalton. For those who don't know, um, we're going to get to that later in the program. But I think Olave has a huge game in this one. He is my first Grand Slam smash of the week. Matt, who you got as your Grand Slam smash number uno, numero uno? Long live the king. There it is. In week seven, Derrick Henry touted 30 rushing attempts for 128 yards. He added three catches on three targets, 15% target share for 10 yards. Whatever, but nice. Um, I think people are quietly forgetting how good Derrick Henry actually is when he's healthy, man. Uh, he's receiving an absurd 80.3% opportunity share. That's right in line with all those record-breaking seasons. 89.3 rushing yards per game, 18.3 points per game. He's ranked RB5 overall. Most overlooked narrative, though, in, in this entire process and in his points per game and in the production that he's put up is he's consistently found a role as a pass catcher. Uh, the Titans are utilizing Henry in the passing game more than he's ever seen in his entire career. Over the last four games, six targets, five targets, two targets, three targets. He has an 11.9% target share this season. That is his career high by a lot um the by far the highest clip of his career and he's low-key efficient as hell with these opportunities as a receiver like this is a one of the craziest stats that i found when doing these notes or, or even in this season of all the deep dives of all the analytics that i do derrick henry is leading the nfl in yards per route run with 3.14 yards per route and he's fourth in the league in yards per reception. <laughs> like, what is going on here? When did Derrick Henry become CMC light? Um, and yeah, the volume for those catches aren't necessarily there, but it's pretty crazy to see that. And I know if Casanova was here, he would get mad at me for using a small sample size to, you know, tout somebody. But it's just it's just a ridiculous stat. Like, it's a true stat. He ranks first overall. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, and, you know, the matchup is exploitable as exploitable can be uh he gets the texans in week eight between two coaches and offenses that are hell-bent on running the football in nearly every down despite the game situation the texans are conceding 29.1 points per game to opposing running backs uh that's 30 percent over the expected average to the matchup they rank fifth in true matchup ranking to the position and even more encouraging is they give up 21.6 points per game on the ground specifically so even if you know take away that target share that i'm into and henry's still looking real good Someone's calling my. Someone's calling. There's Jason. Jason, what is Jason calling for? Call from Jason. Call from Jason. Our phone talks, as well. That needs to be removed from this room. That that is. Sorry, guys. Uh, all right. So smooth transition. I'm going into my next uh guy. The guy that I have ranked as the wide receiver one this week. I like my Dolphins this week. If you haven't told, and uh, Tua, I like. I like Raheem Mostert. I'm going to like myself some Mike Kosicki later on. And I like myself some Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill has some explosive uh, potential in this game. I don't have to explain to you much about Tyreek Hill and why he has the ability to go off against a very exploitable defense. Uh, so I'm going to save some time. I think Tyreek Hill uh, is going to go off against a very exploitable defense. He's my, <laughs> he's my, wide, I mean, he's my wide receiver one. 
um, on the week. I think he's going to have the best week of, of anyone over Cooper Cup, over Justin Jefferson, Def Step, every, all of them, all the receivers that you can think of, all of them, number one, Tyree Kill. That's how I feel about him this week. All right, uh, let's get into your second one, Matt. Who's your second one? I'm going to start this second one off with a little fairy tale of past snaps in games. This goes back to Sam Ellinger's first snaps as a professional quarterback in the NFL. Mm. Ellinger has touched an NFL field at three separate times in his career. He's never started nor finished an NFL game. And during those games, Sam Ellinger has attempted zero passes. He's a former sixth round quarterback that is nothing more than a glorified handoff machine. Now, who's he handing that ball off to you? In this game and every game moving forward, as long as he's healthy, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. Do I think Ellinger will attempt more than zero passes in his first start as an NFL quarterback? Yes. But to me, the changing of the guard from Ryan to Ellie is relatively meaningless um, as far as how you should view Jonathan Taylor moving forward. I mean, I guess not meaningless. In reality, I think he's going to start seeing a league-high opportunity share, and a lot of that's going to just be on... And Jonathan Taylor returned in week seven after he missed two contests. He took 10 carries and seven receptions for 85 total scrimmage yards. He played a season low in snaps at an 85% clip. Like, I don't like to speak in absolutes about nearly anything in life, to be honest, but I can guarantee you that if Jonathan Taylor is healthy, that snap share and opportunity share is going to increase as he shoulders a monstrous workload for a Colts offense that is willingly starting a second-year sixth-round quarterback with zero pass attempts in three career games. Like, I'm... Now that I've got the narrative out of the way, (laughs) we can look at the defensive matchup, which is the commanders who absolutely suck. (laughs) And look like the commanders are decent against the run. They rank fairly high in our true matchup rank, but I don't think they're a complete enough squad to stop Jonathan Taylor. They allow 118.3 rushing yards per game and 20.9 points per game to the running back position. They do rank 27th in true matchup rank, but I've also also allowed Derrick Henry, uh, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, and most recently Aaron Jones to have big games uh, all ranked in the RB one category, obviously. So I'm not overly concerned about a generational talent like Jonathan Taylor, who is, in my opinion, about to see a league leading opportunity share um, take the reins and dominate as a top three running back. I haven't ranked as RB3. Yeah, I think that's a that's an easy one right there. That's why we call it the Grand Slam Smash <laughs> of the Week. Um, all right, let's get into the the not so happy stuff. It's the bench warmer of the week, the guy that we're just sitting on the bench and letting it ride there. Um, I'm gonna go first on this one because I am sitting. I know it's it's he look, it. he's been he's been good. I know. I'm sitting Justin Fields. I don't care. Why am I sitting Justin Fields? Because he's playing the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys have allowed. Are you ready for this? Eleven points a game to the quarterback position, 11. Um, In terms of the rushing quarterbacks, they've allowed two points a game. Uh, That is 60% on the average. So more than half cut, cut out, goodbye. And that's what the the Cowboys defense is doing right now. But look, Micah Parsons on the injury report, popped up in the injury report a little bit before we started recording the podcast. So if Micah Parsons is on the injury report, then we have a little bit of a different situation. But for right now, I am going to say sit Justin Fields. Do not play with fire and play him against this Cowboys defense that is 
absolutely quarterback punishing turnover heavy one of the best defenses in the league uh in my home league i picked up the cowboys defense i don't know what they were doing on the waiver wire like three weeks ago and it was the best whoa thing yeah ever. facts best thing ever like i was like what is this what is this oh my god yes yes thank you jesus um but yeah uh they they have been fantastic uh do not play around and start justin fields uh there are way better qb options out there on the wire this week uh matt who is your first uh stock i mean not stock down bench you know what? Let, let's stay synchronized here, Tim, and let, let's stay with the Chicago Bears. I'm not putting David Montgomery in this week's lineup or any lineup moving forward for that matter. Um, he's not somebody that I'm feeling overly confident about as a season closer or an asset that you're going to be able to get any return from whatsoever in Dynasty Leagues. Khalil Herbert's better than David Montgomery. Like, plain and simple. I, and I don't mean solely from a fantasy perspective. Herbert's better than Monty at nearly every aspect of the game, period, but the Bears just don't seem to care. Um, last week, Herbert recorded 62 rushing yards on 12 attempts while adding a 25 yard touchdown on his only target and only reception and second year. Hopeful played 41% of the team snaps, which was 29 Montgomery was gifted a 56.0% snap share, uh, 40 snaps and 50% of the rushing volume on 15 rushes. He had the same output as Herbert on a higher volume and they still want to keep him on the field and feed him touches. Now. The Bears get the stonewall defense of the Dallas Cowboys, who you were just talking about, and that's the worst possible matchup for opposing running backs, according to our true matchup ranks. 32nd, they're the number one defense in stemming production to fantasy running backs. The Cowboys allow a mere 15.2 points per game to the position. That's minus 23.2% below the expected average in our points over average ratings. Um, and one of the things, again, it was, you know, you kind of touched on it as well. Like Mika Parsons being out, is a bigger factor for Justin Fields um, than it is for that running game because you have Van Der Esch and that safety team is held together really well. Like no matter who's really in that lineup, the Cowboys are going to stop running backs and it's a part of their defensive outlook. It's, it's, you know, what kind of exposes Trayvon Diggs for being a ball hawk and not a great cover corner is because you can't run the ball against that team. Um, Montgomery's a bench candidate this week um, and for every week to come really. Yeah, especially in a matchup like this in a split backfield on that offense. No thank you. Uh, speaking of no thank you, Romeo Dobbs. What on earth happened to this man last week? He is my bench here. I would even bench Aaron Rodgers. I think if you're in a traditional 12-person league, there are much better options out there for you this week against Aaron Rodgers. Against the Bills that have allowed less than 11 points per game against the quarterback, the 30th uh, true matchup ranking, I would, I would stream... A bunch of guys over Aaron Rodgers. Let, let me uh, let me uh, go into the my uh, my tab here for my rankings uh, to see some of the guys that I would start over Rodgers this week. I would start Geno Smith. I'd start Jared Goff. I'd start Derek Carr. I'd start Andrew Dalton. We'll talk about Andrew in a second. I'd start Jimmy G. I'd start Ryan Tannehill if healthy. Uh, that's a if healthy. I'd start Marcus Mariota. I'd consider Matthew Stafford. Like, I am super low on Aaron Rodgers this week at Buffalo. Um, and so far, he he's done nothing for me to not be that low on him. And Romeo Dubs is, even though the Bill, even if the Bills were a good matchup, which they are not, even if they were, I think Romeo Dubs, I mean, this guy, Aaron Rodgers, have been, has been throwing subliminals at him. He said, oh, I think some of these guys who are, are given shots and don't perform need to play less. Well, who do you think they're talking about? Maybe it's the guy who went 0 for 4 on targets last week and dropped a fourth at yep. one screen. I mean, I mean, 
No offense. Yep. I, I mean, I, he can always <laughs> bounce back, but Romeo Dubs had one of the worst games ever. Just like you can't get – he had zero yards. Like you can't get much worse than that, and he dropped a fourth and one. So, I mean, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers has any trust in this guy, and you know how it goes when you get in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse. You don't get the ball. And I know Alan Lazard is hurt, so maybe that could open up a situation, but Christian Watson has gotten into limited practice. Sammy Watkins is back, and he's a veteran. I just don't see – I don't see Romeo Dubs. He If he catches a long one, it makes me – Shove it in my mouth, so be it. He's not going to be in my lineups. No shot. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, Matt, you are uh, next up. Who's your second one, bro? I hate Arthur Smith so much. I, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. It's Drake London. Uh, you can't start a single Falcons receiver that isn't named Olamide Zacchaeus or Demir Bird, apparently. Uh, man, the Falcons, okay, the Falcons trailed for 100% of their offensive snaps. 100. There wasn't a single moment at any point in the game against the Bengals where they were down by less than seven points with the ball in their hands on offense, yet they attempted 13 passes. 13. Like, like, what are we even doing? I Man, the discourse online is driving me crazy about it, too, because I don't care about the argument between real-life football and fantasy football. The fact that Smith is trying to win games with a low-level roster, whatever, none of that matters. You can't honestly watch that game, watch the play calling, look at the outcome, and say at any point was Arthur Smith trying to win that game. It's nonsense if you believe so. Has he had success with that system, winning games with cock, clock con- cock control? Woo, that was a <laughs> Freudian slip-up. Of the of the mass, I mean, he needs he but, needs that too. <laughs> he needs that too, man, because he's a fucking dick. Um, but winning games with clock control in the past, yes, yes, he has. But he was not down forty eight points the entire to- contest in the process of doing that either. And Drake London and and Kyle Pitts, for that matter. And I mean, yes, I'm a gambling man and feel a little bit higher on him than some of those tight ends we were talking about earlier, but. They're some of the worst assets to have in fantasy football currently for the like for so many reasons. You can't get anything from them on the trade market. You can't really trade them away for a decent return because of their dreadful situation causing useless production. You can't drop them because both players have exhibited weak winning upside with incredible talent. Like all you can do is hold and hope that Arthur Smith gets fired for winning too many games or something. But until then, it's going to be hard to start Drake London. It's going to be hard to start Pitts, and especially in a week eight matchup against the Vikings, who allow 26.6 points per game which is minus 3.4 percent below the expected points over average to the position they rank 21st overall in proto fantasies true matchup rank for the wide receiver position and again it's it's until you start seeing Mariota pass more than 20 times a game because he's he's done very well he's been very efficient as a passer you can't tell me that Arthur Smith doesn't trust in him as a passer when he's also won games for him as a passer completing 13 of 14 for 200 yards and two touchdowns like you can't tell me that that's the problem the problem is Arthur Smith the problem is the play calling the problem is the coaching and until that changes eight points per game from Drake London if you need that in your lineup go ahead but I'm not happy with it yeah, yeah, for sure. Sit that man on the bench, just like every one of these freaking Falcons. You know, I think the Falcons are the classic fantasy versus reality team. Um, on the one hand, you have everyone shouting, "Arthur Smith is an idiot because he doesn't lose use his weapons right, and he doesn't and he doesn't maximize his output and all this stuff." And then you have uh, the fact that you know they're probably a overachieving roster right now. So uh, you have. You know, it's kind of working. Yeah, but in a sense, nobody in the NFL has ever been trailing by 31 and run 73 percent of the time. That's ridiculous. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's just like, that's not, that's not winning football. I don't care. Uh, speaking of ridiculous, some of these picks might sound ridiculous because it's our sleepers, baby. Uh, the diamond in the rough, we have one regular and one deep sleeper. Matt, why don't you start off with this sleeper for us? Who is your first? I mean, since we were just talking about it, it's pretty easy to transition to. Man, he is a sleeper. He's very low ranked, and he's somebody that I think managers should sell before Corderell Patterson comes back. But with that said, if Tyler Algier is going to get 25 touches a game, regardless of what happens in the game, and he's ranked outside of the top 50 running backs in ECR, that's a sleeper. That's a guy that you could probably plug into your flex lineup. And and if he scores a touchdown, hey, I mean, he put up 16 points. Uh, you know, uh, I guess that was actually the, the backfield combined because we had Caleb and uh, Avery Williams also seeing some work, but he saw, you know, 75% of the rushing work last week. Like I said, 16 carries um, 72% of the offensive snaps. Yeah. The other guys came in as change of pace options because he doesn't really catch passes, but doesn't matter because the Falcons aren't throwing the football. So Tyler Algier is widely available still on a lot of, I was checking his ESPN and Yahoo um, combined. It's still below 60%. So obviously people haven't really caught up to the fact yet. And if you need somebody to plug and play, I think it's a decent enough option against the Panthers defense. They allow 20.3 points per game to opposing running backs. That's 33% over the average amount of points to the matchup. Uh, third in true matchup rank. And yeah, I mean like, yeah, they, they just shocked everyone by beating the Bucks and ultimately bottling up Leonard Fournette, but that is not the norm of how they've performed all season. Uh, and sure, Algiers likely to concede his role to Corderell Patterson, but that doesn't happen for another two weeks. So for two weeks, if you're desperate, you need bi-week replacement, all these injuries are happening, and most of them are to running backs. Yeah, I mean, why not throw Algier in as a low-end RB2 into your flex spot, hope for the hope for that touchdown, because obviously the opportunity share is going to be there if Arthur Smith's running the offense the way that he is. When someone was being drafted in the fourth or fifth round and he is in your sleeper category, then you know things went incredibly, incredibly wrong. But my first sleeper is Allen Robinson. <laughs> um, look, the, I'm going Allen Robinson. First of all, the matchup is good. Uh, the San Francisco is the fifth best matchup, true matchup rank, uh, according to the algorithms designed by Santiago Casanova. That's what that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, according to like the points over average to the guys they've actually played. So Allen Robinson, first of all, has a good matchup. Second of all, they're coming out of a buy. I think this is important because Allen Robinson makes a lot of money. And they he was <laughs> he was good last week. And they're going to find I trust Sean McVay to find a way to get him involved, even if he doesn't get open at the rate that you might want him to get open. Um, I feel like they're gonna look at him more and get him more involved. I also think that because their left tackle, uh, their starting left tackle, uh, whose name I had since forgotten, uh, is out for the season. He's already a guy who was replacing... Uh, he's already a guy who was replacing... Um, uh, no, no, Evan Neal's on the Giants. I'm talking about the Rams here. Uh, Charles, Charles Cross. Wait, that, oh, Charles uh, Cross sorry. I was Seahawks. talking about the Seahawks. I, was, <laughs> I forget sorry, his I name, but he was, my, uh... was, uh, he was the guy that was... He was the guy replacing uh, the big, handsome fella Andrew Whitworth uh so anyway he's out for the season and they kept in Tyler Higby to block a lot as a result and I wonder if McVeigh is going to kind of shift the offense away from Higby and more towards Robinson as coming out of this bye week to test it and it's a good matchup to test it in because 
the San Francisco 49ers defend the quarterback well. They defend the running back well. They defend the tight end well. But they are susceptible to the wide receiver. So I think that Allen Robinson has the capability of getting you, uh, you know, I have him ranked as wide receiver 36 right now, so I'm not super high on him. But I think he's a startable wide receiver this week that you should put in your lineups if you have the room for it, if you have, like, a few guys on by. If you have, like, a Juju Smith-Schuster on by, go ahead and put Allen Robinson in there. I think there's a chance you might be. I don't hate it, but I want to hate it, but I don't. I know where we're at in this I do the season. I can't. <laughs> I do this on purpose when Michael's not here because I know that Michael would hate this tremendously. So I'm taking advantage. Michael just well, sent uh, the brothers group chat the, a picture of where he took his girl tonight. Is this beautiful pizzeria that had penny alla vodka pizza, but without the penny, it's just like pizza with with vodka sauce. Oh my god, it looks fucking phenomenal. Looks amazing. Looks like I want to eat it right now. All right. Um, with that being said, Matt, <laughs> who's your second one? I mean, who's your first? Uh, Let's keep a little segment. bit of Mike around because I, I know Mike was talking about this guy a little bit on the last pod and probably the waiver pod as well. Um, so we'll keep that energy with with Mike here. I'm going to talk about Marquise Goodwin a little bit. Um, I think, you know, speaking of what we were just talking about, bye weeks, lots of injuries, Jamar Chase news, everything, lineups need to be filled, points need to be had. And I think Marquise Goodwin is worth a look. Uh, DK Metcalf was carted off the field with a knee injury. And although it's best case scenario, a minor injury, his status for the week eight matchup is very much in question. He will be a game time decision and is doubtful currently likely will not play. Tyler Lockett, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, is also dealing with a hamstring and quad injury. He's yet to practice in full. He made his first appearance in a limited fashion on Thursday. And when Metcalf went down and Lockett was still healthy, Godwin saw five targets. He caught four for 67 and two touchdowns. So if you're throwing darts at your waiver wire this week, why not take a shot on the only healthy receiver on the Seahawks roster and hope for a similar blow-up performance? That's my deep. That's my deep, deep. I'm not, I don't hate that either. I don't hate that either. It's in the realm of possibilities. Um, another one, Matt, you you convinced me about a couple guys. You you Some could say you were a squeaky wheel. And no, this doesn't work at all. But the squeaky wheel gets <laughs> the oil if you didn't know. And I think Elijah Moore is my deep sleeper, probably sitting on your waiver wires right now or at the end of your bench, uh, has had a very, very tumultuous time right now. That's right, tumultuous. Put it down. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, time with the with the Jets. And Corey Davis is out. Brees Hall is out. They're going to have to pass the ball against the uh, Patriots who are going to force... Zach Wilson to beat them. There's no way around it. And here's the thing. Elijah Moore, when he was graded out, right, according to Mike Garofolo, my when he was graded out, the Jets give a star system. And a red star is the top, top, like elite level. And when it came to character, Elijah Moore got a red star. So you have to believe they're doing homework on these guys that are high character, Right. Um, and this is just one of those things where Elijah Moore shares the same agent as DK Metcalf. He shares the same agent as uh, Devontae Adams. He shares the same agent as Tyreek Hill. Uh, these guys who, AJ Brown. you know, AJ Brown, maybe Debo Samuel, Debo, maybe a little everybody bit. Everybody that requested a trade this right. offseason. <laughs> exactly. So like maybe it's just a little situation where, you know, when the, when the little kids hang out with the big kids, they want to do everything the big kids do. Um, that might be it because Elijah Moore right now is, is not at their level. Uh, let's let's not get that twisted. Um, but I believe the Jets made their punishment. 
right now, from what I told, what I can see about this organization, it's run a lot like the San Francisco 49ers organization is run. And Robert Sella seems to be a very stand up, respectable dude. Like he's saying, he, he really like, he's one of those guys that demand accountability because he holds himself accountable. And I feel like because Elijah Moore missed the game, stopped tweeting, like practice, I think they'll reward him with a few touches in the beginning of the game. Make them feel involved. Some stuff that's drawn up, maybe an end around or two, maybe a screen, uh, maybe a quick slant, something that gets Elijah Moore involved in the game right away. Uh, and, you know, he has the potential for a big game. So I think that if you're desperate, uh, no one's going to be playing Elijah Moore this week. I'll tell you that. So uh, I think that there's a chance, an, an opportunity here to be a very deep sleeper uh, in, in a desperate situation. Uh, all right. With that being said, let's get into our streamers. This is not a desperation situation because Andrew Dalton, the one and only, is my first streamer this week. That's not that's right, not Andy. Andrew. And so far, Andrew has been killing the game. And then he was named the starter. And now he faces the Raiders that are the number one true matchup according to the Brodo app. They give up 62% of points over average to the quarterback. That secondary is leaking like a faucet right now. And it is going to be the Chris Olave, Andrew Dalton show. Don't call him Andy. Call him Andrew. He's my QB sleeper of the week. And I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And I am starting him in a few leagues uh, this week where I had Trey Lance. And I'm now streaming. Uh, Matt, who is your uh, QB streamer of the week? Jared Goff. Let's just get right into it. He hasn't scored a touchdown in the past two contests after getting stymied by Bill Belichick of the Patriots in week five and the Cowboys defense in week seven. Obviously, he was on the bye in week six, but he's still averaging 17 points per game after those two terrible contests, which is QB 14. But he was averaging 22.9 points per game during the first four weeks, which ranked top 10 in the position. Um, he still has a true throw value inside the top 10 for all quarterbacks that have attempts more than 100 passes this season. So ranked QB 10 evenly, actually. Um, and the Lions and the Dolphins, like we talked about earlier, they got a recipe for a sneaky shootout on their hands with both defenses struggling to, stym- uh, to stem the scoring production of opposing offenses like we talked about. Goff was probably dropped after the Patriots game, knowing that his bye week was looming and probably remained on waivers or was promptly dropped after the Dallas game in another disappointing matchup. So if you need a bye replacement for Mahomes or Herbert, 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 uh, Jared Goff might surprise you with an unsuspecting bounce back against the Dolphins because he does have all of his weapons healthy again. Um, Still, he's been efficient. He just hasn't been what we were seeing in the early weeks over the past two games. There's certainly more upside than that inside of this offense with Jared Goff, especially against the Miami defense. Uh, yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. I think Jared Goff, because you got to remember, Jared Goff has been playing some tough defenses, and he's also been doing it without Swift and Amon Ra. Swift and Amon Ra on the mend, on the way back. I don't know. Amon Ra's still in the concussion protocol. I don't know what's going on with that. He never had a concussion. Why is he still in the yeah. concussion protocol? I, don't I think know. it just takes a certain amount of time to clear it. At well, these days, like I think it's yeah. So if he clears it, he could have easily been in this in the Grand Slam Smash segment this week. I think Alan Ra's a great play. Um, speaking of great plays, my tight end streamer this week is Mike Gasicki. Uh, guys, don't look now, but it might be Gasicki season. S Z N. 
type shit. All right. Matt Matt mentioned he might be on display for trades. That might be the case. I'm not saying that it's not the case, but I will say this. Or he's just becoming part of the offense. Because in the last two games, Mike Isicki has had his season high in target share back to back. In week six, he had 14.9% of the targets. That is seven targets. And then last week, he had 20% of the targets. Uh, that is his season high. And, you know, th- his first week back with Tua, I think that's something to be considered. I also think in week six, he might have gone on the field because Durham Smythe uh, didn't play. Hunter Long was the only other guy. But Durham Smythe was back last week, and Mike Kosicki still outsnapped him. So... I think that when you have a guy who's been showing out the way that he's been showing out when he has the opportunity, it's hard to keep him off the field, especially on a on a on a Dolphins team where you have Tyreek Hill and you have Jalen Waddle and you have the running back, and then no clear other guy has emerged, and that is something that's necessary to have an elite offense is to have that other option uh, when you face elite defenses, and I think Mike Kosicki. It has the talent and now may have the opportunity to do something in the system that, you know, supports a George Kittle. Um, so you you need to, you know, keep that in mind that just because it didn't work out in the very beginning because of the blocking, they could maybe find a way around that. And so far they have been doing that. And he gets a, a, a matchup against the Lions that if there's one thing that this tool does, the defensive points over average, the true matchup ranking – it's it allows you to see tight end matchups fantastically. And right now the Lions, uh, although they've only given up 13 points a game to the tight end, they've been scorched by the tight end. 66.8% over average. That is the third best matchup. So even though your app on your phone might tell you the Lions are a mid matchup, do not take that. Mike Kosicki is having a great matchup against the Lions here. Um, I, I'm streaming him personally. Again, I, I have... Um, I have some guys that I need to stream. Gerald Everett is my starting tight end in a couple leagues. I'm starting Mike Kosicki. I'm streaming Mike Kosicki uh, in those leagues. So uh, putting my money where my mouth is, he is my tight end streamer this week. Matt, who's your tight end streamer? Well, we talked about this guy's name in silence, so to speak, uh, at the beginning of the episode as one of my rookie misses this season. But I'm... have adjusted (laughs) and you know have bought in a little bit to greg dulcich of the broncos uh dulcich has played two games he's played two games he was injured a little bit and then got acclimated to the offense he's played two games this season week six and week seven in those two games 12.4 fantasy points that was tight in 11 and 11.1 fantasy points that was tight in seven uh he's had a 65.4 percent snap share and a 65 percent snap share evenly in those two games he ran 20 routes in his first game that was a 62 and a half percent rate and 33 routes in a second game that was a 70.2 percent rate three targets in the first nine targets for six receptions and 51 yards in the second and his first touchdown came in his first game on the field greg dulcich is their tight end one alberto is a healthy scratch now um if he doesn't get traded he might be cut in the offseason uh, they have a slew of blocking tight ends that kind of played ahead of alberto getting a lot of snaps and those snaps have now dissipated into a more useless share even for blockers because greg dulcich is a good blocker um he's had 
flashes uh, in college, but part of the reason I was out on him is that profile wasn't overly encouraging, even in a low-volume passing offense. His athletic profile didn't pop as much as he is shown on the field, um, but he has shown on the field, and you know I'm more than willing to admit where faults lie, and, and I didn't see Greg Dulcich becoming a bigger part of the offense in his first season, but he has. Um, whether Brett Ripien or Russell Wilson is under center seems to be irrelevant because his back-to-back games were played with either one of those quarterbacks, and he matched that opportunity share, that target share, that ropes, um, targets per route run, all of that in both games. So he seems to have a very succinct role in that offense. Five to six targets from Greg Dulcich with 40 yards and touchdown upside is exactly what you want from a tight end streamer. I Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a, yeah, I think Greg Dulcich, I have a, I have a decision to make, Dulcich or uh, Gesicki. Who would you go with? Uh, well, because, you know, I, we do the sleeper bust article and I was going to leave him off. So I had some more juice for the viewers. But yeah, Mike Kosicki. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. All right. Um, also, I just want to put a a note out there. Logan Thomas limited in practice the last two days. If he comes back, uh, the Colts are a phenomenal matchup. They are the, they are the best matchup against. Um, and he's got Heineke rapport. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're, and they're the number one matchup. Uh, 91% points above average given up. 16.6 points to the tight end per game. 16.6. That's two whole points over the next team, Seattle. Uh, also, I think Irv Smith is a playable asset to the, this week against Arizona, who is the fourth best matchup against tight end. So some streaming options there. Uh, three for the price of one from your boy. All right, let's get into, speaking of uh, your boys, we got our boys and gals over at the patron discord. And one of the uh, perks for having is being a patron and having the discord is we have our start sit questions that we answer live. This is where Matt shines, by the way, because he is the host. If you don't know of the morning show on Sundays called crunch time, Uh, we call it crunch time because we help you make all the decisions in crunch time heading into your weekend's matchup. We do that on Sunday, Sunday morning from uh, 10, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time yep. uh, to 12 noon Eastern time. So just enough to let you get those lineups in, make you get those, uh, make you get those last second things in and, uh, and go from there. So we have a bunch of questions today. My bro, are you ready to get it started, to get it started in here, to get no, that was that was that. No. All right. Um. So this is a uh, uh. This is one from Izzy. Come. Uh. This is a trade question. Would you rather have Camara Waddle or Saquon Henderson? I think this is an easy Saquon Henderson for me. Uh, Daryl Henderson. This seems like Daryl Henderson. Yes. Yeah, I mean, who? what other Henderson? You know what? I might disagree with you. I think I might go Kamara-Waddle. I think the gap between Waddle and Henderson is enough for me to want to lean on that side. What about the gap between Saquon and Kamara? It's not as significant as the gap between Henderson and Waddle. Uh, yeah, but I think... Nah, I, I like getting the better player in the trade, and I think Saquon's the best player in the trade, so I'm going to go get and get him. Um, all right, we have a start... I don't disagree with that. We have a start-sit decision here from Jake from IT. This is a, a gross one, but it is what it is. Kareem Hunt, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. Kareem. 
No, actually, I think there might be a narrative where they don't play Kareem at all in case a running back gets injured and they can trade him away before the deadline. I, um, I hope not. I, I genuinely think that, that that they might not play him or keep him very limited so that they can use him as a trade piece if teams call. Um, honestly, that said, honestly, would that be woo. like that would really also? I guess that would be bad for the game, but it would be good news if you're a Kareem Hunt manager. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, for rest of season for sure. I uh, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Elijah over my boy Rondale here. Even in the like uh, a real bad situation, um, haven't really seen him on the field. I, I I'm kind of buying into a little bit to that narrative, and I'm certainly not giving up on the player. Uh, but the narrative that you laid out earlier, if they want Elijah to be healthy, happy, performing they're going to have to manufacture him some looks and manufactured looks for Elijah Moore means real good things. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, but with, even with that, I'm going to, I'm going to lean slightly towards Rondell personally, because I think that Rondell Moore has been very effective when he plays in the slot. When he has been ineffective is when he's been asked to go outside. Uh, Two of the last three games, he's been asked to go outside the game. He played in the slot. He got hyper targeted and he was very good with those targets. And Robbie Anderson is now in the lineup, and he's going to play this weekend. So you have on the outside Daryl Henderson and Robbie Anderson, and that allows Rondell Moore to go back into his home, the slot. DeAndre so, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Who did I say? You said Daryl Henderson and Robbie Anderson. Oh, oh what the fuck? Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to slight lean. I know Elijah Moore was my deep sleeper this week, but I'm going to slight lean – um, the other way here, Rondell Moore, because of all the reasons I just said. All right, next one. Oh, this one's a tough one. Alexander the Great says, "Etn or Amon Ross St. Brown." St. Brown being kind of in that limited practice tier thing, concussion protocol. What? Ah, Travis Etn. I'll just get it out of the way. I th- I'm I'm gonna go the opposite way. I think that man, we haven't agreed on one of these yet. <laughs> yeah, I think that Amon Ra is a better play in this week just because of the. I, I think in a peep in like a half PPR, I think I maybe no, I'd still go Amon Ra in a standard. I'll go Etn. But all right, the bearded bastard says, "How do you navigate projections versus matchups using the Broto apps?" I want to use it more. I'm glad you asked that, Sofo, um, the bearded bastard. This is how you do it. Uh, you go into the app and you go to True Matchup Rank. And everything you need is right there. And what True Matchup Rank is, is the defensive points over the average of the players who have actually played. So, for example, if a team gives up 15 points to Travis Kelsey, uh, then they're going to have 15 points scored against them. The same team could have uh, given up those points to Irv Smith. Now, Irv Smith averages 6 points per game. Travis Kelsey averages 15 points per game. On your Yahoo app or on whatever app you're watching... Those two teams are going to be ranked back-to-back because they both give up the amount, the exact same amount of points. On our app, we adjust it so that that's not the case, that you only compare them to the average of the players that they've actually played against. And that is a complete cheat code that we are giving out for free. Um, that, along with the usage stats and the efficiency stats found on the back of the Broto card and... Uh, Uh, in the Broto Exclusives tab. So if you go to the app and you go to the Broto Exclusive tab, you have our exclusive stats, um, like true throw value, true target value, which also appear on the cards. Um, That's really all you need. Uh, This is why we make the app, is so that you can have everything you need to be the expert. And 
we've been doing this for a long time and we know every stat you need to be successful at this and we put it all on the app for everyone to have so uh yeah that's how you get more into it so i hope you get into into it more and i hope you use it to have some success uh the bearded bastard currently um killing it in the unlimited league and just picked up Kadarius tony so maybe maybe a, a, a sleeper there all right uh, Johnny says, Michael Carter or Deonta Foreman if Chuba sits? You want me to take that one? I, I, I well, think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick all of them to you first and then I'll, I'll respond. All right. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to start Michael Carter there. I'm not, I'm not overly can. Yeah. If, if Chuba sits is probably the big, uh, word there. Um, because for one, I don't know that he's going to, and two, the, as productive as Deontay Foreman was, everything about that usage share screamed committee backfield and Chuba was the one that found the end zone on a big run. Um, they're going to get very similar looks, very similar opportunities. It's whoever breaks the levy first in whatever game, and that's the hot hand, and that's probably who will get a little bit more of a run there. But I think James Robinson in his first game, Michael Carter probably sees still seventy around 70% of the, the opportunity share in that backfield. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I do genuinely think that Michael Carter has the upside to outscore Deontay Foreman this week. So I agree with everything you said, Matt. The only problem is I'm going the opposite way if Chuba doesn't play. Um uh, right now, That's I, fair. Yeah. I yeah, I like the I, I like Michael Carter if he doesn't play. Like, I, it's tough for me because I feel like right now the people are giving the Panthers a little more credit than they deserve. I don't know if I mentioned DJ Moore as uh, uh outside. Like, I would play him as a as a play this week against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is missing AJ Terrell uh, this week. That's uh, to be noted. But they had a great game last week. They kind of galvanized around their their the fact that they're underdogs. And they played well. Like you said, though, Atlanta is one of those teams that fantasy managers might be like, oh, this team sucks. But in real life, they're overachieving. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons blow out the Panthers in this game. Like that, that I think, is one of the likelihoods. That's It's more likely that the Falcons blow out the Panthers, like double as likely than the opposite way around, in my opinion. So... If that's the case, then it's going to be a little... Oh, oh, man, Rashad Bateman just got ruled out with an injury as well. Oh, my God. Dropping like flies in this Thursday night game. Terrible. The Thursday night game, man. Just fucking Brutal. horrible. Um, why not Friday? Why Thursday? Makes no sense. Why There's Thursday? There's no answer to that. Right there because of like high school football. Because football is a, is a conglomerate. All right, let's get into Jake from IT. Hunter Renfro, Alec Pierce, Garrett Wilson. Another ugly one. Pierce. Yeah, I'm going to go Renfro. I want to go Renfro just because <laughs> you seem hesitant on that. Yeah, too. I mean, I guess I don't I don't like any of these options. I think Garrett Wilson has the biggest upside. I'm, I'm worried about Alec Pierce because um, of the quarterback switch. I don't know if they're even going to throw enough to get Alec Pierce the type of uh the type of target yeah fair enough volume I kind of low-key kind of forgot about that that it is Sam Ellinger's first game I'm nope switching my answer immediately low-key forgot about that it's Hunter Renfro is the answer there yeah so I I mean I do think Garrett Wilson has a uh has a has high upside if you're trying to play that game um Alexander the Great says half point PPR J-Rob or Michael Gallup Oof, Michael Gallup in a tough matchup. J. Rob in his first week with his new team in a tough matchup. 
Neither. Can I say neither? Gallup, I, I, snaps, Gallup's, <laughs> Gallup Snapshare hasn't surpassed Noah Brown yet, and they were slowly working him into that rotation. His target share was still pretty decent, and then that kind of just dissipated, and then Noah Brown led the team in targets. Uh, that offense is kind of hard to navigate other than CeeDee Lamb, at least from the wide receiver perspective. You know you can flex both of the running backs, and obviously Pollard as a starter is phenomenal upside. But I think I might lean James Robinson here. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty concerned that Michael Gallup might not see more than three targets, and he's not seen more than 65% of the snaps yet this season. If you thought that one was uh, that one was gross, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Michael. This is why we're here. <laughs> I don't know. If you think listen to this one, start two: Chase Claypool, Drake London, Romeo Dobbs, Curtis Samuel. That's like the all fade team right there. That is like the okay. But at least I get to I get to eliminate one. Dubs? Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dobbs, excuse me. Yeah. So Dobbs instead of instead of feeling confident about any, I'll just eliminate the one I feel the least confident about. And now you need two more. I need one more. Well, two two starters, Chase Claypool, Drake London, Curtis Samuel. You got you gotta sit London. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear the Claypool part. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit London. Sit London and Dobbs. Yep. I didn't hear Claypool. My bad. All good. All right. So Kai says half PPR flex. Flex. Goodwin, Garrett Wilson, Slayton, or Alec Pierce. I think that. Oh, Goodwin, not Godwin. Goodwin, Garrett Wilson, Darius Slayton, or Alec Pierce. Half PPR flex. Uh, I think Goodwin is the play. If DK doesn't play, if Metcalf, yeah, Metcalf or Lockett doesn't play, Goodwin probably has the most uh, boom or bust upside there. Otherwise. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson if he does. Pick two, Reynolds, Alec Pierce, or MT. Well, the MT is not going to play, so it looks like Reynolds and Alec Pierce. Josh Reynolds. Uh, Full PPR flex, Alex Pierce, Rondale, Reynolds, or K Herbo. Who's K Herbo? I'm assuming that's Herbert. Oh, okay. There you go. (laughs) I missed that one. I'm just assuming. Uh, Full PPR flex, what do you think? Pierce, Rondale. Um, I mean... Yeah, I, it, it would be honestly, it, it would have been Pierce until I re remembered the fact that Sam Ellinger doesn't throw the football. Um, Rondell Moore, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Rondell Moore is a play there, especially in a full point PPR. All right, Gary, what's a good Gary says Rashad White or Kareem Hunt? Well, can't answer that now. Rashad Ooh. White is already playing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm starting Rashad White and Kareem Hunt in a league. I would have started, I would have started Hunt there, bro, in, in a league where. We have, I have Brees Hall. I just lost, and then Austin and Eckler on the bench. Like I'm, I'm struggling at running back. Um, half PPR: Kareem Hunt or Tyler Algier. Your sleeper. Algier. Mm, I'm gonna say Hunt over Algier. Half point PPR flex: Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, Cortland Sutton. Holy shit, yeah. bro! Olave though. Oh man, it's got to be. Oh, oh, half, I mean, maybe Kenneth Walker or Saint Brown. Kenny. What no, about man, I'm, going, I'm going Olave over Saint Brown for sure. Like legit, that, that's not a question for me. I have them ranked very close together in my rankings. Chris Olave is the wide receiver nine overall and missed a game. <laughs> like not points per game overall, missed a whole contest. Like what are we doing? Yeah, but it's Amon Ra, <laughs> and Ken Walker has been killing it. 
All right. I know. I mean, like that's a, that's a heck of a lineup. You kind of can't go wrong. But for me, honestly, I like Olave in my top six wide receivers this week. Yeah, Olave was uh, my Grand Slam smash. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Slater says, start two PPR. Zeke, Pollard, Eno, Gus. Well, Gus is out. Zeke, Pollard, Eno. Who do you take out in that equation? It's got to be Eno because... Um, yeah, if, if Zeke's going to suit up, then it probably is, you know, because James Conner is supposed to be back this week. Uh, but also, it's for sure Pollard over everybody. For sure. And uh, would you start uh, Herbert? I, I, he also put Herbert. Would you start Herbert over any of those guys? No. No, I would not, actually. Uh, PPR. And I love I love me some Khalil. PPR, Kittle, or Higby. That's easily Kittle for me this week. Kittle. Uh, Slater says, start one PPR. Gabe Davis, George Pickens, Hendo, which Daryl Henderson, and Gus, which is tonight. Gabe. Full PPR, you got Gabe Davis there. Which QB you're streaming this week? Mariota, Goff, Jimmy G, Fields, Andrew Dalton. I got to go to Andrew Dalton. That's my guy. And I'm, I'm going to go with – well, I'm going to agree with you because I'm a Saints fan. I mean, I, I Andrew Dalton is certainly um, in a better matchup, but I still like Goff. I still like Goff. I'm not going to take back my streamer. But, yeah, Dalton. Dalton ahead. James says Hunt, London, Dobbs, play two. Hunt in London for me. Hunt in London, yeah. Hunting in London. Um, Michael Carter or Travis Etienne, full point PPR. Pretty easily, Michael. Etienne, what? Oh, yeah, Etienne, I mean. Pretty easily, Etienne. Kenny, Kenny McDuff says, need to start two PPR between Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, and Wandell Robinson. I'd go Boyd and Robinson. Wandale? Boyd. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're agreeing now. We're getting flowing. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, let's. All right. All right. Any more? Any more? Any more? All right. Last one. And again, we got this kind of the same uh, Wandale versus the Seahawks or Romeo Dubs versus Buffalo. I think this is an easy one. Yeah, Wandale for, for sure. All right. Easy. Another perk of the patrons and their patronage is that they are in the Brodo Unlimited Leagues. Only flex, two super flex, 32 teams, one ultimate champion. There are two divisions, the bald division and the Michaels delusional division. I mean, the slightly balding division. Uh, slightly is was one word to put it. Um, but with that being said, let's get into uh, what's been going on in these sleeper leagues and how the standings have played out because it is getting to crunch time in this mofo also my team straight garbage twisted trash the worst team <laughs> i've ever put together in my entire days all right um so i'm, I'm falling apart a little too man hurts alert stays at the top uh followed by the bearded bastard aq cactus he's six and one sofo who just asked that question farmer john drops a spot to uh five and two chilling with Mahomes jumps four spots this week uh that's the that's why you score points because when you win you, you jump spots F uh chasing chilling with Mahomes goes all the way up to the fourth position from the eighth position so a giant leap forward at the top of the standings uh to a b or not to be uh, is in fifth. He leaps two parts in the, two spots in the standings. Big Will Bodega Prince. Can you digs it, sucker? Uh, is sixth and has <laughs> lost two spots. 
Some more movers. Return of the TTV King drops three spots on a two-game losing streak. You breaker, your buyer moved up a spot. Cass and his unlimited team moves up three spots as Team Kevin Krause, Stairway to Evans, and my team, Flexi Rexy, are absolutely in the trash can. Um, so that is the, <laughs> that is the absolute that is the outlook uh, for the unlimited league, and we got some interesting matchups on the week. Uh, let's see which one of these we is is the best matchup of the week. I think that it's a clear uh, matchup here. It is the AQ Cactus at six and one, the number two seed against an up and coming Kenny McDuff, who has a two game winning streak currently in the nine seed. But if he wins, could make one of those giant leaps up that we saw from other guys. So let's get into these starters. Uh, right now we have uh, AQ Cactus is projected uh, to win 123 to 110. Let's see how you feel about this, uh, Mr. Mr. Ward. All right. First, his quarterbacks, Sam Ellinger, throwing a quarterback in there, and Kyler Murray, running back Michael Carter, Derek Henry, he's got King Henry, Tyler Higby, Jalen Waddle, Leonard Fournette, who currently has 9.9 points, and Damian Harris against the Jets. On the other side, Kenny McDuff, Two quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and Geno Smith. He also has Ezekiel Elliott uh, on the bench in case Ezekiel Elliott can't go. It's going to be tough. Darren Waller's on the bench. He looks like he can't go. And then he's got Marquez Callaway. Uh, P.J. Walker's not going to be able to play in that spot. So needs Ezekiel Elliott to play in this game. Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Eno Benjamin, Adam Thielen, and Devin Singletary is his lineup. Matt, who do you like in this matchup? Who are you feeling? I mean, other than the Sam Ellinger thing, he 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 won me back over in the second half of the lineup. But yeah, we're we're gonna have to lean with K one QB one on that side, um, and just a little more depth because Zeke is trending towards down, and there's not really much bench room to fill in that spot when you're already projected to lose by thirteen. Unfortunately, yeah, I agree with you. Let's go over to the slightly balding division, or the uh, AKA Michael's delusional Ooh. division. There's nothing slight about I've been his balls. Uh, yeah, you are on a free fall, bro. Uh, Matt, right? I was is, tearing. Yeah, he's on a three game losing streak. Drops out of the playoffs this week. Oh, Matt. Oh, that one's tough. Uh, we have some losing streaks. Oh, we have some big falls. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, Eagle two, 2080 on a three game winning streak takes his f- top spot back. Away from Team Dripsy, uh, who lost last week to drop to second place. Team J-Rad. J-Rad is 5-2. and two. He jumps. And, oh, man, you can never count this guy out. The menace of the Brodo Leagues. The guy who comes through and wins all the time. One of our, one of our oldest patrons and, honestly, a great dude. Alexander the Great. Although he has a Hawks logo as his logo and i'm still mad at trey young for beating the knicks in the playoffs a couple years ago still mad at that um let's go uh, team g martini one of our writers as well writer extraordinaire he's four and three he jumps up four spots and here's where we have the slide team kv from bk who was looking like he was gonna challenge for the uh, top spot last week he was in third place takes one l and drops all the way down to sixth same one with Joe from IT. He's tr- he drops down to seventh from um, fourth. And thanks, Zeke and Matt both b- drop down two spots. Michael, on a win, jumps up three spots. 
And my ball, Zach Ertz, also jumping up some spots as the uh, as the toilet bowl on the bottom is uh, strong in this league as well. So let's get into these matchups here. Uh, the seeds, these closeness. Oh man, this week, uh, hurt uh, Eagle twenty eighty, who is in first place, is playing the number sixteen seed. And I don't know what's going on with bye weeks, but right now they are 50-50 in terms of uh, projections. So that's an interesting one. Uh, but we're not going to go there. We're going to a little bit of a, a different one. This one's for the future, maybe. Let's get into Kev from BK, who dropped to number six. And Jovid19, Jake from IT, who dropped to number seven. Last week they were three and four, facing off against each other this week um, with some... Ooh, that's a barn burner. That's a barn burner. We got some good lineups here. Now, Now the lineups are not completely um, put together yet, so I'm going to have to put together some some lineups here for them because uh, they haven't got to it quite yet all the way. So I'm, we're going to have to assume because right now 93 to 91 is the projection. That's not even close uh, to where they're going to be. So let's go to Kev from BK first. He has Evan Ingram, Rondell Moore, Jerry Judy, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Allen, Devonte Adams and David Carr. I mean Derek Carr. Hot damn, that's a good team. Um, and then you have Chuba on the other side: Chuba Hubbard, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, who currently has thirteen point two points, Justin Jefferson, Leonard Fournette, Robert Tanyan, Tyler Haneke, and Zach Wilson. I kind of like that squad. I'm not going to lie. Really? I really like the squad on the other side. Kev from BK. I think that Kev from BK. Has I'm just, a, I, I like the, I like the underdog story. So many underdog stories in that lineup. I like it. Uh, so that, there you have it, man. Talking about underdog stories, the Brodo fantasy football podcast and the fantasy football by Brodo app from, from rags to riches, baby. Patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy. If you want to help us get to that Started goal. From the bottom now we're here. That's right. Uh, Matt, where can they find you? Find me at PsychWardFF on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can find me at uh, BrotoFF Tim. You can find Cass, BrotoFF Casanova, BrotoFF Michael, Broto F I'm sorry, BrotoFF Mike, BrotoFF Jason. Uh, FF by Broto is the Twitter handle for the app and all the customer service and things like that, advertisements, all that good stuff. And then the actual podcast is the is Broto Fantasy on Twitter. So go follow that breaking news that happened while we were recording Elon Musk, officially the owner of Twitter. So I wonder how things are going to change over wow. on that platform. Yeah. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how all these, uh, you know, it's late and I'm going to throw shots. I don't care. Let's see what all these Twitter analysts do when, um, is when, you know, there's no Twitter when they're in their entire existence is just, based on Twitter and they have no real fan base. Like let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens to them. Um, you know, like Mac like the great Mac Miller once said, You internet rappers ain't shit with no computers work. You spent your whole advance on two chains and a Gucci verse. A Gucci verse? The greatest, Mac Miller. Um so um yeah that's all for us. Actually Jason is burning the midnight oil, had some pizza on some clients today, and Michael also had pizza. He had some vodka sauce pizza with his girl, and it looked spectacular. All right, so Matt, I got to ask you one thing. If word association, right, first thing that comes to mind when I say vodka sauce. Liquor. I was going to end it on that, but really? That's the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, what about um, frog legs? French people. French. That's what comes to my mind too. Freaking like your fr- frog legs are French as fuck. 